0: Yesterday, the darkness was darker than ever. We could barely breathe. Yesterday, we were defeated, lost, without hope. But that was yesterday. And now a new day begins. The night is over and the sun is rising. And darkness has gone away. Because today is the day that changes everything. Because today, light overcomes darkness. Because today, wonder defies sorrow. Because today, hope lives. Well, good morning. I'm so glad you're here. I have to be honest, I was a little nervous going into this service. We, uh, if you're a guest today, we typically have one service, but the Lord has been blessing us and we're growing, and we decided to do two services. And I was expecting about two to 300 people in the early service this morning, and there was a crowd like this. So I thought there was going to be no one here at this service. So I'm, I'm really glad you're here. I, I was hoping that you would be. You know that word hope? We We throw it around a lot don't we? Uh, I hope this happens. I hope I get the job. I hope I make the team. I hope I pass the test. I hope I meet somebody. In, in many ways, we use the word hope synonymously with wish. But but there's a difference between a wish and a hope. A, a wish is something you, you want to happen, but you're not sure that it will. It might. But it might not. It's possible, but it's not, not probable. When, when we're young, we always think that wishes always come true. But after enough birthday candles have been blown out, you start to figure out that wishes don't always always come true. I, I, I learned this lesson early on. When I was young, I, I wanted to be six, seven, and have the athleticism of Michael Jordan it didn't pan out. When I turned 30, I I wished that that my hair would hang on. <laughs> that didn't work out too well either. This week I wished that my sermon would have been done on Thursday, but that didn't that didn't quite make it either. But but we 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 have these wishes that we want to have happen and there's nothing wrong with that. It's perfectly fine for us to wish things, but we really don't expect them to to come to pass. But there's a difference between a hope and a wish. A a hope is this strong confidence that we have, an expectation that we have in someone or or something. When you hope in something, you say things like, I know this is going to work out. Or you say, I'm sure this relationship is going to be the one. Or I know if I can get this promotion, then my life will get better. You see, we make a wish, but we hold out hope. We wish for something, but we put our hope in something or in someone. We put our hope in the faithfulness of a spouse. We put our hope in the reliability of a job. We, we put our hope that our health won't fail. I mean, that's human nature. Everybody, regardless of of who you are, or where you're from, or what you have, or how much education you have, or how many experiences you face, or even what your religion is, everybody pins their hope on something. And and while everybody puts their hope in something, not everything we hope to happen does either. What we hope for doesn't always come to pass, and this presents a huge problem because the Bible says whenever hope doesn't come to pass in your life, delayed hope makes the heart sick. Uh, the, uh, when, we, when something comes true, it's like we have this tree of life, but when hope doesn't pan out, it, it, it's miserable. You know, there's lots of versions of hope not panning out. Sometimes hope's just delayed, and it's really frustrating to us. Maybe we put our hope in a quick recovery, and it wasn't so quick. Or, or maybe we put our hope in, in the, the 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 joy of having children, but your clock is ticking. And or maybe you put your hope in your children coming back from a rebellious stage, but they haven't. That's frustrating. Incredibly frustrating. And and, and sometimes hope is just delayed like that, but sometimes hope gets completely derailed. Uh, My daughter Jessie, when she was a junior, we moved up here and it was miserable to move a junior to a new area. That's just a hard thing to do. But one consolation is she uh, found herself on a volleyball team. We really didn't know much about it, but they were really, really good. They ended up by the end of the season being 30th ranked in the nation. Out of 10,400 teams. a Pretty strong team. They went 34-2 and during the regular season. They lost to a local team here in town that's really, really good. And they lost to another team in Indiana that's awesome. They were really strong. We thought they had a chance to win the state tournament that year. They had seven players on that team that went to play Division I volleyball. The night of the regional finals came, and... We were excited because the team that had beat us earlier had lost. And the team that we were playing, we had beaten four times. They were really good. Uh, uh, There's a girl on their team named Leah Edmond who plays for Kentucky on this other team. She's like the SEC player of the year. really good. But we'd beat them four times, and we were going to beat them again. It was working out that way until the end of the second set. The last point of the second set, which we won, our star player went up, killed the ball, landed on her knee, and blew out her ACL and had to slide off the court. Our team didn't know how to play without her, and, and we lost. And I'll never forget the ride home. We were on War, and my daughter, for the first time, experienced real hope that was deflated. She said, Dad, this is not fair. And it wasn't just that this is not fair. We're not getting to go to Disney World on vacation. This is not fair. Why would God allow this? This is where we get sometimes when, when hope is delayed. Even worse than hope derailed or delayed is hope misguided. It, it's so much harder than unrealized uh, hope because if, if if you hope for something and it actually comes true but then it didn't meet your expectations... Oh my goodness. That that's miserable, isn't it? You worked all your life to get the corner office. You worked all your life to work your way up the ladder and finally you get there and you get in the corner office with the stacks of money and you look around and you realize it's not all that. Or you waited all your life to get married and you finally found what seemed to be Prince Charming and he turns into a toad. You know? Delayed hope makes the heart sick. Failed hope always disappoints, and depression sets in. And when it happens to us, we get that 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 give up feeling. In many ways, hope is like uh, hope to the human is like air to a balloon. You know. We put our hope in, I don't know, making the team. We put our hope in getting a car, graduating college, getting married, having kids. Getting your kids out of college. (laughs) Getting to retirement. We put our hope in these things. And we we think they're going to hold our life up. And we think they're going to bring us joy. And we think that they're going to give us what we've so desperately longed for in life. That something that will finally hold up. But the problem is... All of the things that I've just mentioned leak. You, you get cut from the team. <laughs> you, your college of choice doesn't accept you. Your fiancé changes their mind. You don't have kids. You do have kids and they don't hold your values. The economy turns south. Your health starts to fail. And here's what we look like. Deflated. Empty. Missing something. That's what the Bible says that our life is like without hope. And that's why I want to give you two pieces of advice this morning. And I hope that you will hold on to these two pieces of advice. Number one is pretty simple. Don't put your hope in things that leak. Make sure you don't put your hope in things that won't hold up. Evaluate what you hope for and what you hope in. Will it endure or not? And the things you hope in, they might not be bad things, But if it's what's holding you up, they'll ultimately disappoint. And then I would say number two, put your hope in God. Because hope in God is different. Hope in God does not disappoint. I I love what the Bible says about hope in God. The Bible says that the hope that a believer has is a living hope. A hope that never fades away. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. If you don't have your Bible, there's a Bible in the pew in front of you. First Peter's at the very end of your Bible. It's a very small book. I'm going to have the Scriptures on the screen, but you can follow along if you would like. In First Peter chapter 1, verse 3, the Bible says, Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Listen to how it describes that hope, a living hope, not a leaking hope. A living hope, not a decaying hope. A, a living hope, not a dying hope. We, we have this, this hope that holds up in Jesus. And why is the hope in God living? Why do we believe that it's different than hoping in things from this world? Well, as we look through this passage, there are some reasons that I see. Number one is that we have hope of a certain future as Christians our hope is not purely in this world Uh, guys it's okay to enjoy things I do Uh, I I wanted to get married I wanted to have kids I wanted to be debt free but be careful that you don't put your hope be, be careful that you don't put your hope in things that won't hold up everything in this world perishes The Bible says that we live in bondage to decay. We live in this bondage to to wearing out, to to getting old. Everything around us dies. Everything wears out. And if you don't believe you're wearing out, look in the mirror. We all do. That's why we try to fix ourselves up in the morning so we look like we don't. And if you pin your hope on earthly things, earthly relationships, earthly accomplishments, earthly experience, you're going to live with this heart sickness until you die because earthly things leak. But this is what makes hope in God different. We've been promised an inheritance into heaven. An inheritance that's imperishable, uncorrupted, unfading, kept in heaven for us and look at those words that describe this i'll go through them again it is it is imperishable things on earth they 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 die but our hope in heaven doesn't it's uncorrupted things uh, in, in on earth lose their value but in heaven the value maintains it's unfading it's there forever the reward that God has for us in heaven never wears out. It never fades away. It never leaks. I love the fact that he uses the word inheritance. Inheritance is much more than a wish. It's, a, it, it's about as close to a no as you can get on this, uh, uh, on this side of death. You know, your parents run a business. They told you you are going to take the business over when, you get old. when they die. When they die, you inherit that. Uh, you, they, they say that they're going to leave you some some money when they die. When they die, you inherit that. I was going to have some fun with this, but I think my parents might be listening online, and so I don't want to say anything that would get me in trouble. So, But our inheritance from God is kept in heaven for us, protected by the power of God. There's another thing that makes our hope unique. Our hope grows stronger in adversity. Notice verse 6, he continues on, and he says, You rejoice in this. Rejoice in what? The hope of heaven. You rejoice in this, though now for a short time you've had to struggle in various trials. We rejoice even though now times get tough. Uh, People receiving this letter from Peter were, were having the pressure turned up. Because they were believers in Jesus, they were having their jobs taken away. Because they were believers in Jesus, they were being run out of their homes. Because they were believers in Jesus, they were being lied about, and some were even being persecuted. And yet they rejoiced because they had a hope that didn't leak. Uh, I want to point out that it says at the last verse there, we have various trials that are, are... The attack from the enemy can come from a lot of different directions. It can be because of our faith. You might have people who look down on you because of your faith in Jesus Christ. The the trials you face may be a, a relationship that is difficult. It may be a health issue. It may be a financial issue. But when adversity comes, if you have hope in God, your hope can actually prove to be stronger than you've ever known that it was. When, when you hope in a relationship and it's threatened, you know, sickness or, or emptiness syndrome sets in or, or an unfaithfulness, it's like you're punched in the gut. When, when you hope in your retirement and the economy is shaken, fear sets in. When, when you hope in your kids and, and they make bad choices, hope diminishes. You see the world offers a hope that diminishes but but our hope actually gets stronger when it's put to the test. Notice verse 7. It says the genuineness of your faith which is more valuable than gold which perishes though refined by fire may result in praise glory and honor at the revelation of, of Jesus. When our faith is put to a test it gets stronger and it It doesn't leak. Runners say when you first start to run, it's hard. A lot of pain. And you have almost no endurance. And it's a struggle to motivate yourself to keep going. But I am told, and this is purely hearsay, if you press on, That there comes a point where the pain of the running actually turns into a high, uh, 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 an emotional uh, 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 uplift because you know that you've been here before and you can beat that. That's what our hope in Christ does. It, 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 It makes us stronger because we know that one day God is going to take us to heaven and one day God is going to deliver us from our pain. Now, at this point, I want to pause and acknowledge there might be people in this room who do not believe in Jesus. My guess is there probably are. And I want to say welcome, and I'm glad you're here. And if you want to come back any Sunday and audit what we do, that's perfectly fine. We welcome you to come. Uh, We welcome you to come and listen. If I were you and I did not believe in Jesus, I would be thinking, All you Christians always talk about someday. One day you're going to go to heaven. But what about now? You know, my kids are still rebelling. The money's still tight. I still have health issues. Our hope is not only that we have heaven to look forward to one day, but our hope that we have Jesus is that we have Jesus here with us now. And just Him being with us now helps us face whatever comes our way. Listen to what Peter says. The next verse, you love him, but you haven't seen him. And even though you haven't seen him, you believe in him. And you rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy. Even though you don't see him, you can feel his presence and you love him. And even though I've never touched him, I know he's real. And I put my trust in him. And the thought of him, it leaves me at a loss of words. What an indescribable joy. Because I am receiving the goal of my faith, the salvation of my soul. Because you are receiving, it's going on in you right now. And though you can't see or touch, you know that God's already at work. And this gives you great hope. Now, if I were not a believer, I would be thinking to myself, Okay, so the Christian hope endures even in tough times. How do you know that the Christian hope is real? How how can you be confident in it? How do you know it's not just pie in the sky, I wish? And that's a legitimate question. I mean, to be honest, really, why is our faith in Jesus Christ any more valid than believing in little green men on Neptune? I mean, why? Why? Why is it any more valid? Why is it any more valid in believing in Jesus than it is believing Louisville might win the national championship next year? We know that's not happening. Why do we believe that 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 our faith is stronger than that misguided faith? Some would say, and they think rightfully, maybe you've just talked yourself into believing, and you're just hanging on. How do you know that you have hope that will endure? And besides, all religions say they offer hope. You know, one day it's going to get better. Why is the Christian faith any different? And that's true, by the way. Jews preach that there's a land of rest. Islam teaches that there are 70 virgins awaiting the faithful. Mormons teach that you can rule your own planet. Buddhists, they look forward to nothing. Uh, which don't understand that completely, but Hindus look forward to reincarnation. Those who would want to say that the Christian hope is like any other could not be more wrong, and that's why we celebrate this day. The reason that the Christian faith is different and more powerful than any faith in the world is because we do not have a leader who gave his teachings and died, but we have a leader who said that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and though he died, yet he lived. And because he rose from the dead, was witnessed by many, 500 at one time, Let His Spirit come down and did wonders through the church and His people and until this day has proven faithful in the life of His people because of the resurrection, we believe we have a hope that will not fade away. Our hope is based in an actual event, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And this is what really distinguishes the Christian hope from everything else. We have a living hope, not a wishful hope, We have a confident hope because it's based on the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. Verse 3 says, Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has given us a new birth, has given us new life, has given us new hope, because we have a living hope. And how did we get it? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. History tells us that he was crucified and on the third day he was buried. Uh, he was buried and on the third day he arose just as the scripture says. And all of a sudden hope changed. Up to that point, hope died when people died. You put your hope in a relationship and you live 75 years together as a couple there will come a point where it will end where one of you will be left hopeless because that relationship will be gone. You put your hope in kids, they might turn out awesome. They might not. You, you put your hope in wealth, walk by somebody's casket who is extremely wealthy, they didn't take it with them. You put your hope in pleasure and you can go from one high to the next and that high will not satisfy. Eventually, you will have to amp it up or increase the frequency, but sooner or later, that high leaks. But when Jesus rose from the dead, it was a game changer. He says, I have died and you have hope in spite of death. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, even though he dies, yet will he live. And that has changed people from the first Easter until this Easter. The disciples hid hid in fear. But on the third day, after they saw Him, and after the Spirit descended upon them, they went out and witnessed and told of the good news, even willing to die for it. And for 2,000 years, people have found a hope that in the face of failure, adversity, disappointment, pain, they found a hope that will endure. This morning as I was walking into the first service, I had a, a friend stop me, one of our members. and He said, Pastor, did you see the news? And I had not. In Sri Lanka, there was a bombing this morning on three churches, our brothers and sisters. Two hotels attacked directly on Christians. 137 people, when I walked in, had been proclaimed dead. You know what those Christians will do next week? They'll worship. You know why? We have a hope that says you can take my body. But you cannot destroy my soul. You can harm me here. But I have a hope that lives. And will endure. And it does not leak. Let's pray. Father God I thank you for the hope of Jesus. I thank you. For a hope that endures. Lord God, I pray today that your Holy Spirit would use the words that I've shared. But Father God, I pray even more importantly than that, that you would speak to a person's heart, because I know it's in the heart that a person believes. And I pray, Father God, that you would draw hearts to yourself today and convince them of the truth of Jesus' resurrection. Lord God, for those of us who believe, Lord, may we not hope in anything except the hope that you have promised in Christ Jesus. Lord God, we love you. Father, we thank you for your love for us. And it's in Jesus' name I pray.